The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards. Uh, he is a uh, licensed psychotherapist, uh, an author in private practice in Encinitas, California. Uh, he has just come out with a book called The Psychology of Wealth, Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Prosperity. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Dr. Richards. It's good to be here, Jordan. Let's just start with a little bit of your background. I said you're a licensed psychotherapist, but give us a further background on what you've done and uh, how you came to write this book. Yeah, well, I've been in uh, private practice for probably over 20 years in um, in the uh, Southern California area, San Diego area. And in addition to uh, private practice doing personal growth psychotherapy uh, with individuals and couples, I also um, was a trainer and uh, executive coach with the uh, Center for Creative Leadership for about 11 years, and we specialize in training uh Fortune 100 senior corporate executives and management leadership skills. So, um, and and I've done you know seminars and workshops all over the world. And and you know my specialty is just uh, helping people um, optimize uh, their life and their skills and, and make the most of who they are. And um, in that regard, um, it sort of led to this book, The Psychology of Wealth, because you know as you would expect, my training involves dealing with relationships, uh, helping people improve their relationships, whether it's work, personal, uh, family. and um, But what I realized over the years of counseling and coaching people is that there's a fundamental relationship that often is dysfunctional, and that's their relationship with money. And so I really wanted to try to address that, especially uh, considering the recent economic downturn and help people really get on top of and make more functional and healthy their relationship with money because, you know, that relationship's flawed and often uh, all the other relationships will reflect that flaw in some way or another. What kind of psychological toll has the economic downturn made on uh, people's views towards money these days? Well, you know, it has a collective influence on people's uh, uh, mentality about what they can achieve and, um, how sort of their finances are going to go. Uh, I mean, when you hear a constant drumbeat of negative messages in the media about, you know, unemployment, people losing their houses, foreclosures, um, losing jobs, uh, you, you tend to start thinking that that's going to influence and affect your life in, in a direct or indirect way. And, um, and so to, it, it uh, reduces your expectations about what you can achieve, and, and it's just a negative message. And anyone who uh, is really successful financially and, and achieves, achieves true wealth knows that you, you have to manage your emotions and your thinking, and you have to stay positive. And um, so 
I try to support people into deciding not to participate in, in the recession and, and maintaining a positive and optimistic attitude, attitude and, and to find creative ways to really, um, really turn that thing around in their own life, um, if that's what's going on. So how do you do that if you're seeing unemployment, you're seeing riots in Europe, and you're seeing foreclosures and all the things you were mentioning? How do you maintain a positive attitude amidst all this drumbeat of negative news and negativity? You don't take in that message. In fact, you, you, you turn it off. If that's what's going on on the radio and the TV, then, then you avoid that. You put your attention on, on positive messages. I mean, we become what we identify with and, and, and believe. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Bruce Lipton, wrote a book on it called The Biology of Belief. And he showed uh, on even a uh, genetic level um, our belief influences our biology, what we think and feel about ourselves and about our health and our body. And, and that affects also our, you know, our life and the things that uh, that come into our life or the things that we can and can't achieve. So, you know, the first thing I tell people is you got to shut out the negative messages uh, any way you can and to replace that with, with positive, optimistic messages. And so don't watch the news, you're saying. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Don't watch the news, you're saying. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Do not watch the news is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I know that that can sound kind of radical to to a lot of people, but you know, to some respects, I would say yes. I mean, for instance, even the Huffington Post. I mean, I read that, and they've got a special column, you know, now that's about positive things in the media and in the news, because you know, Ariana Huffington realized that, you know, uh, this steady drumbeat of negative, you know, sort of unfortunate news that we're bombarded with isn't really constructive to uh, the nation's well-being. And other than the one column, the Huffington Post, what other sources of positive news and influence would you suggest people look for to all the time? Well, you know, I don't know if there's any specific media sources that focus on the positive, but what you want to do is surround yourself with people uh, that are actually, you know, manifesting, that are actually maintaining a positive, optimistic view on their life and, um, and, and really don't get identified with the people who are doing the opposite. And for people who need to sort of change their thinking around, who uh, have unfortunately been brought up in a, maybe a family environment where there's a poverty consciousness or a, a negative, you know, sort of message that they inherited about money and finance and success, I suggest that those people find role models in life, whether there's people that, you know, that, that, are, that they know or have met or, or people in the media or people who've written books and, and read biographies on, on those individuals that really have achieved things that they aspire to because you, you have to shift your thinking around, and the best way to do that is to associate with people or, or, or information that reflects the thinking that you want to develop. Now, you start your book uh, called The Psychology of Wealth with what you call the golden steps. What do you mean by the golden steps? Well, I mean, there's just certain steps that uh, individuals need to take to, um, um, to achieve, you know, financial success. Now, I, I haven't read my own book in a while, so I, don't, I, I can't sort of outline the steps that, uh, that I've written about, but you know, there are many things that one needs to do, and 
you know, one of the first things is to just examine your own inherited psychology and see and determine if that's constructive or, or dysfunctional. I mean, when you're counseling senior executives at Fortune 100 companies, they've been successful. I mean, they wouldn't be there if they hadn't been successful. Right. It's interesting to me, how can you help them be more successful? They've already passed a whole bunch of hurdles to get there in the first place. What are some of the things that they lack that you can help them with to become even more successful? Well, you know, again, it's that relationship piece. Often these people are high achievers, very driven, uh, very efficient in what they do, uh, but they don't often realize sometimes that um, life and success is, uh, to a large extent, also about relationships. And, and, and in a corporate environment, that relationship uh, translates, that relationship piece translates into corporate politics, meaning they can be brilliant at what they do. They can be, like, incredibly effective and, uh, and surpass the expectations and goals that the corporation has for them. But if they don't know how to communicate their successes, to put that out front, to develop relationships and, and people who they can share what they've achieved and sort of and sort of network effectively, then they they're going to do sort of be limited. They 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 reach a certain point, they can't go any further because they're laboring away doing this brilliant work, but you know they're not getting credit for it because they they haven't really developed the network and the relationships that will empower them further. So a lot of times I have to address that piece. It's you know fifty percent of their success. Uh, is tied to networking, po politics, and relationships. And, uh, you know, the same applies in, 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 in our life outside of the corporate situation. Anybody who's successful financially, certainly they have a certain skill and they're doing something ideally that they love doing, but they develop a, a supportive network. They connect with people that really enhance uh, the direction of their goal and help them achieve it. So maybe just give me an example of, improving relationships that will help somebody achieve their goals even better or perform even better? Uh, well, um, you know, I, for instance, there's, um, there's so many ways of doing that. Uh, one is to just have a, uh, if you're in a corporate environment, is, is to have a mentor, somebody that's got your back who's, you know, higher up in the organization than you, who you, you periodically meet with and, you know, strategize with and, and brainstorm with as to, okay, how can I, you know, optimize, you know, my talents and skills in this organization so that I can continue to move up. Um, if, you're, if you're not in a corporate setting, I, I say, um, you know, get together with people who are achieving or moving in the direction that you want to move and, and mastermind, what they call mastermind with those people. Have like mastermind meetings where you uh, creatively explore different ways of uh, optimizing your potential. Um, I have uh, a friend that I grew up with who became a very successful sculptor and artist. Uh, at a pretty young age, uh, she moved from North Carolina to New York and, um, and the way she sort of enhanced her um, uh, financial potential is um, she went to uh, the racetrack and sculpted uh, winning racehorses. And, um, and then she decided on credit to host a showing of her 
of her uh, sculptures to um, the owners of these um, these uh, racehorses, these winning horses, and she sent out formal invitations. She invited invited them to her, um, you know, uh, hotel suite. Um, had limos pick them up, and when they saw her uh, sculptures of their winning horses, they they fell in love with the work, and you know, th- these were high ticket purchases and. She overnight made a name for herself um, uh, and got high commissions to uh, continue, um, you know, sort of producing these sculptures of winning racehorses. Uh, but what she did was she put herself in a situation where she could develop that relationship and enhance it. Yeah, that makes sense. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Dimmer of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards. Uh, he is the author of a new book called The Psychology of Wealth. Understand your relationship with money and achieve prosperity. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards. Uh, He is a licensed psychotherapist and author of a new book called The Psychology of Wealth, Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Prosperity. Welcome back to the show, Charles. Good to be back. You talk a lot about the positive and negative sides of wealth, of different archetypes of these. Let's start with the positive side. What are some of the positive sides of wealth, and how can people uh, augment those positive sides? Well, interestingly enough, I, I mean, I love talking about the, the archetype of wealth because, like any archetype, it has a positive and negative expression. And, um, and most people don't realize this, uh, although they see it and it's common sense. I mean, they're wealthy people who are miserable and who don't really have people who love them and who are friends and, you know, you know that uh, they're close to. 
and uh, and it's because they're expressing the negative side of wealth. The positive side of wealth, as as you mentioned, is you know it's got four main qualities: it's, it's generous, it's proficient, it's creative, and it's discerning. Now, often I say creative. It sort of puzzles people because I, I sort of uh, compare it against competitive. You know, generally we feel you know uh, comp- being competitive is is a good thing, and 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 I would say it is a good thing if you're competitive mainly with yourself as opposed to another. Uh, but if you're competitive, meaning you just focus on trying to um, beat out the other person, then it, it becomes actually a negative expression, and it's more tied to the to the um, the negative side of wealth, um, people who are expressing that, that positive expression of wealth, they're generous, they're proficient, they're creative, they're playful, they're empowering, they're enthusiastic, they're innovative, and, and they're service-oriented. They, they're serving a higher purpose, whether that purpose be spiritual, philanthropic, you know, patriotic, whatever it is that, you know, turns them on, that... You know, they they want to serve, or they they they're serving a higher purpose, and that really drives a higher expression of wealth. So, if you have a, a strong self purpose, something you really want to achieve, that in itself can make you wealthy to some extent because you Ab- you have, have a passion for it. Sometimes people don't really achieve. In fact, most people don't realize their full potential until they really have a sense of purpose in their life that goes beyond just a self-serving interest. Um, Steve Jobs, perfect example with Apple Computer. He, his, his drive and motivation for developing, you know, the iPhone and uh, the iPod wasn't to beat out his competitors. He just had an ideal and a vision of what he liked to see the public have available uh, as a smartphone or as a device, a music device that would just make their life easier and more efficient and just more enjoyable. And he drove toward that ideal, bigger ideal than just, I, I want to make a lot of money or beat out Microsoft. You say that if you have these kind of positive wealth qualities that you attract other people like-minded and that kind of augments it, is that right? I beg your pardon? You, you attract like-minded people when you right. have these things, and that augments the experience and can make you even wealthier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and everybody knows, you know, and momentum brings more momentum, or, or as some people like to say, you know, you know money attracts money. Uh, it's the same thing. It's just money is energy, and, you know, as you have energy, you, you can sort of generate and increase that. And so you want to be around people who are moving in that direction. So let's go to the other side now. What are some of the qualities, the negative qualities of wealth? And we've all seen this with, you know, wealthier, successful people who, who are expressing, unfortunately, the, the, the negative side. And generally those people tend to be uh, restrictive, miserly, self-serving, judgmental, some other words that describe these people. They're very suspicious. They can be abusive and arrogant. You know, they're often punitive, indulgent, and um, unfortunately, they're driven by fear and insecurity. So it's it's really what they're driven by that creates these negative expressions uh, because they're afraid that they're going to lose what they have, and they have this sort of uh, feeling that 
there's not enough in the world to go around, so I have to get mine before the other person uh, gets gets it for themselves. So it's about scarcity. I mean, it's about you know, yeah, it's that limited resources. Conscious. You have to get your piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you see that unfortunately, and, uh, and and that drives, of course, stress levels up. It creates disorders of the heart and. So a lot of these people have, you know, health problems because, you know, that mentality just leads to it. So is it possible to take somebody who's in the negative wealth way of looking at the world and convert them into somebody who's doing the positive side of wealth? Can you turn Scrooge into Michael, to Stephen Jobs or something? I mean, is that possible? Yeah, it is. But they have to be open and willing to make a change. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of times these people aren't really willing to make that shift and change until life brings uh, them to their knees in some respect. And often, you know, it's a health concern or maybe a major loss in their life. For instance, you know, a major financial downturn or maybe their, their, their significant other just leaves them. And so they've got this emotional void and suddenly they look at their life and say, like, wait a minute, what am I doing wrong here? That's they need a kind of right awakening, some kind of a shock awakening. To, yep. You're saying other than ha- having something like that, they basically have no incentive to change is what you're saying. Yeah, it's almost they, they have to play that cycle out until some something happens in their life that's sort of a wake-up call, you know, and, and it's like the universe is saying, okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> that mm-hmm. your life is breaking down in some way. So does that something happen with your clients, that they've been successful but they're in this kind of negative restrictive way of thinking things and you can point out a a more positive way of looking and they can actually change that way or they they still need this kind of shock therapy to yeah i don't see enough of those people because uh you know they they don't really show up into their life's breaking down but uh, uh-huh. you know i i do see some of those people from time to time they have to be willing to go through the process i guess yeah absolutely now, you have what you call the concept of conscious and unconscious debt. Tell me, what, did, what do you mean by conscious or unconscious debt? Yeah, great, great, great question. Um, you know, most of the time, you know, we have, there's this sort of, how would I say, sort of segment of, 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 um, of authorities that say all debt's bad, you know. And, and that's just like saying, you know, to a chef, you know, all knives are bad. It's like... No, if you know how to use a knife, it's, 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 it can be very constructive and absolutely necessary, but it can certainly, you know, be harmful if you don't know how to use it, and, and debt is the same way. If you have debt that's tied to specific financial goals and you're relatively dis- disciplined about achieving those goals, then what you spend, whether it's spending that, you know, that's generated from debt or not, it moves you in the direction of your financial goals. So it becomes constructive, conscious, and positive. But unfortunately, we have ready, ready access to all kinds of, you know, sort of credit, revolving lines of credit, credit cards, which means that we can buy impulsively without really thinking about anything other than sort of an emotional attraction and draw to what we're buying. And that's unconscious spending or unconscious debt. And that can just drive us further in the hole. And there's just so many things that sort of media is designed to sort of attract us to, to, to just buying that we can get in the habit of spending unconsciously. 
And that. Death. How do you identify? You have some specific steps to identify conscious death. What are some of those steps? Uh, well, when one one good way uh, that people can really, you know, take a survey or, or get a real snapshot on on whether they're spending in debt as conscious or unconscious is um, uh, just for a week, let's say, record without judgment, without opinion, just make note at the end of the day of everything they bought that day. Whatever they spent their money on, just keep a receipt or make a note or whatnot and do that for a week. And then at the end of the week, just review and look at what they bought and why they bought it. And they will see very clearly, you know, the amount of unconscious debt or spending that they made. Things that they bought that have no connection to their goals or what they want to achieve financially. So you're saying just being conscious of it alone allows you to stop spending that way? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like plugging the holes in your ship. You know, if you've got leaks, eventually your ship's going to sink. Well, unconscious spending and debt is, is just like putting holes in, in your vessel. One of the things you say about identifying consciousness is it makes you feel good for longer than it takes to make the purchase. Well, yeah, um, because, you know, often, uh, you know, that limits sort of impulse spending if you're in a situation where, for instance, you you see something you like, and first of all, you don't buy it right away. You say, okay, I'm going to give myself 24 hours before I decide if I'm going to buy that thing. And then that gives you time to step back and say, okay, do I need this? Is it going to further my financial and economic goals? Uh, that That's one way of going at it. Another way is, and I talk about this in my book, is, you know, um, spend money on things that really are going to have high value. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, at least with my grandfather, he his his philosophy was, you know, buy the best you can afford. Um, you know, and, and some people, you know, think, okay, the cheaper I can get this thing, the better. But, you know, often that can work against you in the long run because, uh, uh, you know, if, if you if you if if you're spending it in that mentality, then you, you actually will shortchange yourself. Overall. What are some of the steps people can take to uh, control unconscious debt, getting into unconscious debt? Steps they can take to control it. First, uh, they need to have a clear um, and written um, uh, financial plan, meaning. Uh, goals that they uh, that they have for their uh, financial success, you know, uh, and and have that written out a, a yearly goal, what they want to achieve, um, and what they think it's going to take to to achieve that, and that needs to be in writing. Uh, and and when they have that in writing, when opportunities come up to to spend money. They can say, okay, does this fit in with my financial goal? You know, and if it does, then, you know, it's, it's a wise sort of, uh, expenditure. If it doesn't, then they may want to forego that. And you also say people should avoid bin shopping. Is that done for psychological reasons? Do people feel better when they buy things in the bin way? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like eating junk food. You know, it does feel good. Like, 
in the short term, but in the long term, it's it's really not good for your health. You know, the same thing financially. I mean, binge shopping and spending, yeah, it, it may uh, you know give immediate gratification, but long term, it's gonna it's gonna really hurt your financial health. So, I mean, you know, same analogy as, as eating junk. So you've seen people turn around uh, from unconscious debt to conscious debt, uh, taking steps yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, like a lot of things in life, sometimes people don't start to turn that around until they start to feel the heat of some kind of financial crisis. And then they realize, oh, okay, I've got to reexamine how I'm living my life, how I'm spending my money. And and then they have to rebuild um, uh, it's rare when we, we're raised in, say, uh, a family environment, which, you know, I talk about in the early part of my book is, you know, our inherited mindset around finances as well. Well, it's rare when we're raised in a financial environment where our parents teach us to spend consciously and to goal set and to sort of um, delay gratification to achieve those goals. Asian cultures typically are, you know, in a, in a stereotypic way, are much better at doing that, uh, and you know, there's been some books written about how they, you know, how they achieve that. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman with the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards. His book is called The Psychology of Wealth: Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Prosperity. We'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Uh, welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman. My uh, guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards. Uh, he is the author of a new book called The Psychology of Wealth, Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Prosperity. Welcome back to the show, Charles. Thank you, George. You have a whole section in your book on what you call finding your dream, uh, which sounds kind of cliched, but what are some of the specific things people can do to find out what their dream is so they can achieve it financially? Well, you know, this has been discussed and talked about for millennium by successful people is, you know, doing what you love. And um, because, you know, you just can't be successful doing a job or a task that you don't enjoy. I mean, you, you, you may be able to learn to be efficient at it, but it's really not going to bring you, you joy and, and true success unless you really enjoy or love doing it. And first thing you want to try to determine, and I started this myself when I was an undergrad, is find what I was good at, what came natural to me. Uh, or for me to do. And um, so that's the first step that one needs to really focus on is, okay, what is it that I, I just do well uh, naturally? And second, what is it, and hopefully it's, you know, in the same category, what do I love doing? What do I enjoy doing for day to day? I mean, I met corporate executives who were making, you know, well into six figures, and they would tell me, you know, Charles, I love what I do so much that I would do it if they didn't even pay me for it. Um, and, and that's the kind of mentality and attitude you want to have to be very successful. And if you want to enjoy something so much that, you know, it, it motivates you to get up in the morning and just go go to it. Now you have what you call a role model exercise. Uh, how can you use a role model to find your dream? Um, well, you, you just look around you for people who are doing things that you aspire to do uh, in whatever field or category, and they're successful in a way that, that you aspire to be successful. And you study their lives, whether it's through, you know, biography, you know, if they've written something, um, autobiography, um, and these don't have to be people who are still here on the planet. It could be people who've passed on. Um, or, you know, just kind of following their life if they're, you know, still here in the media, just learning all you can about, you know, how they think, what they do. Um, I, I remember some friends of mine even shared with me, uh, I think it was a YouTube video of, of Will Smith and some of the things that he says that drives him to achieve his best and to be his best. And And it was just really inspiring. It just kind of read and hear him describe his own sort of sort of mindset around success. So we need to look for those kind of people and and just really absorb their message and integrate it into our lives. You have a whole section in your book about how to deal with adversity, basically, and you call it the stream versus the rock. What are some better and worse ways to deal with adversity when it does come along? Well, it's about, you know, being creative. You know, the stream um, can wear down the rock because, you know, it just kind of moves around. It, it, it's not stopped by uh, 
you know, um, barriers and sort of blocks. And, you know, the, the most successful people recognize that, for instance, failure is sometimes a necessary uh, stepping stone to great success. And uh, the important thing is that you learn from your, quote, so-called failures. In fact, you don't even want to look at it uh, sort of these kind of things as failures, but as just opportunities to learn more and to uh, take a step that um, prevents that from happening again. So, so give me an example of how you can go with the stream when you have some adverse situation come up and not get swallowed up by it. Well, okay. I, I think, you know, because I think Steve Jobs' example is classic. I mean, certainly he's an exceptional person, but the example is the same. I mean, you know, he was basically voted off the board of his own company. I mean, he was president of Apple, and then he was basically voted out of the company. So what did he do? You know, it was like, he created Next, and it's interesting that he 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 termed the, the you know his new company Next. It was his next step. It's not like he let that discourage him. It's just he used more creativity to okay continue his momentum in just you know a different context. And eventually that circled back around after he went from Next to Pixar, and then ends up back at Apple, and then the company explodes. So. Um, you would say, you know, getting voted off your own company is, is a humongous failure and humiliation. You know, that gets into the self-worth and self-esteem issue that I talked about in the book. That could, that could be just, that could destroy some people. And they could go away depressed, disenchanted, bitter, and shut them down. But it actually had the opposite effect on him. So a lot of people would be defeated by that, but he got energized by it in a certain way. Absolutely. And that's what we should uh, try to aspire to, is like any challenges or sort of setbacks should actually energize us to, uh, to really, uh, because it's really an opportunity. You say it's also important for people to live consciously. Uh, what, what do you mean by that when you say live consciously? Well, I, I talk about conscious death as opposed to unconscious debt, but conscious living is sort of an expansion of um, that concept of uh, conscious debt. It's like being conscious of what you say, what you do, what you eat, the people you associate with. You know, just try to make your whole life a reflection of your ideal, your your personal ideal, uh, whatever that happens to be. And if you're conscious of your actions and your words and the people you're interface with and the things that you do and, and try to make all of those reflect your ideal, then, then you're going to be living in integrity with yourself and you're just going to naturally uh, gain more momentum with everything you do. You also have a whole chapter on the power of giving back. A lot of people don't realize, I guess, that giving uh, can bring back many times over what you, you give in the first place. Tell me a little bit about the power of giving back. Yeah, that's one that's, that's really overlooked. And sometimes, you know, in terms of uh, our ego, it seems counterintuitive because the ego thinks, oh, I've got to hoard and hold on to everything I have and just try to accumulate more. 
But what we often don't realize is that there's a principle of uh, when we give, we actually open the doors to receiving more. And so if we are, are giving, and, and, I, and I mean giving not just to receive, but give with a sense of, uh, you might say, appreciation. Uh, it, needs, it needs to be some heart involved with that giving, um, ideally. Uh, you give with a sense of appreciation uh, just because you feel like it's the right thing and a good thing to do, then what happens is it opens the gates to receiving more abundantly. And um, and even corporations uh, understand this principle, and, you know, they maybe sort of boiled it down to a more sort of mechanical thing, but they still do it. Uh, they give the charities and whatnot, um, that they feel the, because they know that, that that actually enhances their own momentum. Um, and so it's important to do. Um, and, you know, I tell people when, when you feel sort of under stress or down and out or you feel like, you know, you can't get ahead, then sometimes it's good to just find somebody or something you can give to. And it doesn't have to be in coin. It could be in time and energy. And what you'll find is often that will open the doors to, to your success. I mean, I have examples in the book. Um, Dennis Garden, who um, was the um, the burn victim, who basically found his career by uh, by being willing to speak with others about his his burn calamity and, and the fact that he was, you know, he went through this major trauma for, you know, his all of his teenage years and hundreds of surgeries and finally... Uh, he decided he would help out, you know, somebody by speaking about it, and uh, that turned into a whole career for him. So some people would be broken by an experience like that, and some people are energized. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, tr- I try to let people know, particularly people that I'm counseling or working with, is that even though adversity happens in our life, um, we never are given more than we can handle. It may seem like that, uh, and and maybe something that had happened to somebody else, we'd be crushed by it. But we, the things that happen to us that are challenges in our lives are never more than we can handle, no matter how, how hard they seem. So it's always an opportunity, uh, even when we're challenged, to step up. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards, who's a licensed psychotherapist. Uh, his new book is called The Psychology of Wealth, Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Prosperity. We'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Dr. Charles Richards. Uh, he is the author of a new book called The Psychology of Wealth, Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Proster- Prosperity. Before we get into the specific area, Charles, tell me what difference in your life will it make to have a positive psychology of wealth versus a negative one? What kind of results, difference could you expect from doing it the way you talk about it versus the way a lot of other people do it? Well, if you have a positive psychology of wealth, um, your your success and your wins are going to build on one another, meaning you're just going to constantly be moving forward in your life. I I like to, for instance, even look at my life. I mean, you know, I've, I like to, to see my life always progressing to the next step of expansion and opportunity and, and success. Um, and doing things that that I enjoy doing in that process, and that's ideally how we want to see our life unfold if we have a positive psychology of wealth. And you know, but to do that, we kind of have to pick the weeds in our psyche, meaning we have to examine our thinking, our feeling, and our actions, and really refine those to re- reflect positive as opposed to negative. Uh, principles and and to do that you always have to start with your uh, your family of origin and your upbringing and the messages you got as a child because often I have people come to me and they say you know Dr. Richard says you know it seems like I reach a level of success and then I'm stopped I'm blocked and I can't get past that block or then there comes a loss and usually when that when I hear that story, I know that it's something in their subconscious, some kind of thinking, some kind of limitation that they picked up that they don't know about that's really holding them back or shuts them down. And so, you know, we kind of have to go on a, a search, like finding a, a, a corrupt computer program, identifying it and deleting that program and then replacing it with a positive one. Uh, we have to do that with their psyche and their thinking. And... Uh, 
And so it's important for individuals to do that uh, ideally on their own, to really examine and review, okay, what messages did I get from my mom? What messages did I get from my dad? How the the two of them differ in the way they handle money, success, and uh, and and wealth. Uh, was one very conservative, and the other willing to take more risk? And how how did that result in you know the way they you know sort of managed and achieved their goals? And and just really find the things that work, and embrace those, and eliminate the things that they inherited that don't work. You talk about painting a new portrait of prosperity. Uh, based on what you just talked about, about positive psychology, how do you paint a portrait of prosperity that you'll end up living? Well, you know, it's it's a constantly evolving process. Uh, uh, it's not something that you just do and it's done. You're, you're constantly refining it as your sort of true wealth increases, and it really has to do with empowering others, it has to do with feeling more and more fulfillment in your life. It has to do with um, just starting to express more of those positive aspects that we talked about earlier that are reflective of the, the wealth archetype, you know, the, the positive qualities. And um, that's what you do to sort of refine and expand that that portrait. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. It's it's you know, it's constantly being done. So it's part of it is having a mentor. I mean, if you are brought up in a environment of negativity, um, and you kind of haven't had a positive portrait to attach to, you kind of drop your background. I mean, how do you kind of make a transition from, from that into a more positive one where you can adapt the the the, uh, the trends and the uh, well, I mean, you can do what Tony Cupis did in, in my book. I mean, he he was uh, he and his his young brother were abandoned by their mother when they were just children in a trailer park, and um, and raised by relatives who didn't particularly want them around. And these were, you know, sort of poverty conscious relatives. And what Tony did as a young child, he could see that they were people around him, you know, on the streets that had wealth, but somehow the people who raised him were, you know, lived in poverty. And he thought, well, whatever they're doing and thinking obviously isn't working, so I'm going to think the opposite of what they think. And that's, that was his logic as a kid to kind of get him through. So he didn't really absorb too much the messages that those folks gave him, and those were really messages of, of um, you know you're going to be a failure, you never amount to much, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, he fortunately didn't take that in, although it affected him. But when he got old enough, when he you know reached his teenage years, he started really realizing I've got to really turn my thinking around. So he started reading those books uh, like you know Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich or The Magic of Thinking Big or uh, whatever books that he could get his hands on, and listening to tapes by these people uh, about success and achievement and whatnot until he really turned his his sort of conscious and unconscious thinking around. And, and what results did he get? Well, today, Tony Cupis is, you know, the president and the founder, he and his brother, of one of the most successful um, direct-selling companies in 
in the world, international. He's, you know, he's multi, multi-millionaire. He's, uh, you know, he speaks to, you know, tens of thousands of people. He's, he's just in demand all over the world uh, through this company, and he's empowered a lot of people to huge amounts of financial success. Many millionaires are made in his company. What, what company is it that he's working with? He founded uh, ACN. Um, I said the telephone company. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Very good. You end your book with what you call the whole elephant. So it's kind of pulling it all together. What do you mean by that? And how can people pull it all together to achieve prosperity? Well, it's it's just step, step by step, kind of going through and and doing what it takes, examining their mindset, um, finding what they're good at and what they love doing, um, deciding you know what their financial goals are, um, what they'd like to achieve in life, making their spending conscious as opposed to unconscious, and getting out and and visualizing not. Um, not only visualizing as often as sort of uh, was was emphasized in, in the movie The Secret, but visualizing success and what they want to achieve and then taking the actions in their life to move themselves in that direction, which is, is very important. And believing in themselves and being willing to take risks, not to be uh, uh, stopped or uh, discouraged by, you know, so-called failures, and, and then just staying positive and keeping people around you that are positive role models and exposing yourself to, you know, uh, writings and whatever that can really reinforce your, your positive mindset. You know, I, I would say those are some of the foundation pieces one needs to uh, address. To, to and really... even more so in today's kind of negative environment. Oh, yeah, to... absolutely. Got to be done. I mean, there's, it, it, when you have such negativity around the economy and all that, it's almost more important than ever to be have all these positive psychologies and positive influences you're talking about. Yeah, I, I choose not to listen. Whenever I see, whenever I hear sort of the reports on how bad the economy is, I frankly just turn it off. I mean, yeah. I certainly want to be informed, but I, I just don't take that stuff in. Indeed. Very good. Well, this has been terrific. Uh, my guest during this hour has been Dr. Charles Richards. Uh, his book is called The Psychology of Wealth, Understand Your Relationship with Money and Achieve Prosperity. Is there a website people can find out more about the book, Charles? Yeah, psychologyofwealth.org. Terrific. And they can find out more about your services there as well. Absolutely. Terrific. Well, you've been a very big inspiration. Uh, people can get the book and find out lots more about how they can be positive no matter what's going on in this uh, crazy world we're in uh, today. So thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Dr. Richards. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. It's a pleasure being here. And we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.